Hi, everyone. This is the Your Voice Podcast. I'm Kay Helm, and I'm here today with Tawera Loper, author of Girdle Girlfriends, Lessons Learned from Girdles on How to Do Friendships. Hello, Tawera. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you, Kay. How are you? Doing great. Tawera and I met several years ago. Our paths crossed in ministry. And Tawera, I've always enjoyed talking with you, but it's been a while. Um, Catch me up and tell our listeners a little about yourself. Yes. Okay, I know it's been a while, and I'm so glad that technology makes us reconnect again. But for those of you who don't know me, I'm Tawera Loper. I was born and raised in Lusaka, Zambia, and that is south of Africa. Some say central, but I think it's south of Africa. I came to the United States in 1996 to pursue an education in Bible. I felt the Lord call me into ministry in 19. 19- 93. And so the doors opened for me to come to the USA in 1996. And I thought I was going to be here for four years and then go back home, get married, have kids and do ministry. And 21 years later, (laughs) I'm still in America, married, of course, no kids, but it has been um, a joy definitely seeing how God has led my, you know, my path here and allowed me to do ministry in ways I never thought uh, possible. I currently live in Tampa, Florida. I know we met in Virginia, Kay. Right, uh, right. It was, I lived there for 15 years, actually. Oh, I didn't realize. Moving. It was 15 years, exactly. I first came and was in Rhode Island for four years, did my Bible school in Rhode Island, and then came to Virginia for 15 years, and then now... Uh, I'm in Tampa, Florida. So that's a little bit about myself. Okay, so Bible school, and then you've had some time in ministry. Now, I don't hear a lot in ministry about girdles. (laughs) How how did you end up writing a book about shapewear and friendships? How did those two fit together? I'll, I'll tell you what, it's not even, I don't even think girdles are in the Bible. They could be, I don't know. We'll need to do some research on that. <laughs> Maybe gird up. <laughs> exactly. It's interesting, Kay, you say that because we, we normally had meetings on Wednesdays uh, with my pastor, Pastor Janine Macbeth. Mm-hmm. It used to be an hour, like from 12 to 1. And so we had ladies come together you know, just for the sake of fellowship, you know, um, just getting to know one another. Mm -hmm. And on this particular day, Pastor Janine was talking about the power of friendships amongst females, Mm -hmm. you know, and she then said, as I say in the book, that you need to have friends who are like girdles, you know, they hold you tight and they don't let things spill out, they protect you. And we all laughed. We're like, oh my gosh, that's so funny. And it, it almost felt as though time stood still for me in that moment. Oh, wow. Because I was like, girdle, girlfriends. I'm like, wow. And honest to goodness truth, it's as though I saw a book and chapters being written right there and then. And I'm telling myself, this is crazy. This, this is not happening. You know, and the feeling could not just, I could not shake off the feeling. And I remember after she was done with, you know, um, the time we were together, I told her, I was like, Pastor Jean, you know what? When you said that, I almost felt as though I saw a book about girl or girlfriends. 
I don't know how it's going to pan out, but I just feel that that is something that I'm going to write about. And she said, go for it, you know. And that's how that whole thing came about. It wasn't like I was praying, God, give me a title of the book. I mean, I give credit to her that she is the one who was the inspiration behind that book. And so uh, as what most people do, I went on Facebook, did a post and said, you know, Pastor Janine said this about friends and girlfriends. And the responses I began getting off that post was interesting. Some were like, oh, that's great. And then some were like, well, some girdles can really choke you and they can give you high blood pressure. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. (laughs) I was coming from it from one angle and now I'm beginning to see the different facets of how shapewear, in this case, girdles, can either be for the good or for the bad, just depending, you know, on the type of girdle that you buy. And so that's where that whole thing started. Oh, wow. That, yes. What what a wonderful <laughs> story. I mean, kind of have it drop in, in your lap like that. But um, exactly. You know, a lot of people do kind of agonize over, well, I have, you know, I have this book in me, but I don't know what it is. And we spend, yeah. you know, a lot of time kind of in the, in the, what is it place. And yet it just came. Tell me about that encouragement that you got from her, that reaction when you said, I see this book and she encouraged you. What did that do for you? It honestly boosted my confidence, number one, because in some cases, if you tell somebody you're going to do something because it was quote unquote, their idea, you kind of get pushback. They'll tell you, well, I'm the one who came up with that. So I'm the one who's supposed to run with that. Mm -hmm. So for her to really encourage me and tell me, you know what, if you feel God has given you that burden to write the book and flush it out, by all means, you have my support. And that's why I was even so honored after I wrote it that she even did the forward for me, yes. you know, because she is, again, I cannot overemphasize the fact that she is the one who God used as an instrument to really make this book come alive. She gave me the skeleton of it. Mm-hmm. And I just had to go there and just fill in the flesh and just make it holistic and hopefully bring about a message that would encourage, you know, really authentic, healthy friendships amongst females. It's an easy read and I would encourage yeah. people, you know, it's, it's up, it is uplifting and it's instructional. It'll make you think you, you read a chapter and you'll think of, of people. Sometimes people, uh, in my case, you know, people uh, that are currently in my life and people that have been yeah. in my life in, in, yeah. the, in the past. And so it's a really a good experience. Well, you can get it on iTunes. Can you get it on Amazon uh, now? You can get it on Amazon as well. Okay. Yes, iTunes. For those okay. people who love to read, you know, ebooks, it's on mm-hmm. iTunes. Definitely on Amazon. Absolutely. Okay, great. I thought the format was really good. Thank so you. I'll kind of describe that. You have this uh, quote at the beginning of the chapter, and then you tell uh, uh, there's a little bit about what where you're going with it, and then there's the yeah. relatable story, and that helps the reader, I think, really make a connection with how this plays out in a friendship and you take one aspect at a time which i think makes it um, easy to follow how did you come up with that format that's a good question (laughs) (laughs) i remember 
you know, when you get emails telling you about, you know, publishers who want to do, you know, your book. Mm-hmm. So I forget what, um, what publisher called me. Cause I was, you know, fishing, seeing, okay, how do I run now that I have the idea, you know, I will need to begin to look for people to publish the book. Mm-hmm. And one of them called me back. And so she asked me what the book was about. And she then told me to say, you know how this book is going to be relatable. <laughs> That's where that relatable story okay. comes in, you know, is get stories of your friends or people that you know. Don't mm-hmm. just make it as though it's just all instruction because people connect with stories. People yes. connect with someone who's gone through something they're through. Mm-hmm. So interview some friends, talk to them, you know, and based on what they tell you, then let that be the relatable connection. So I was like, okay. And I, the, the term relatable stuck with me. Mm-hmm. One of my good friends, Tina Manley, you know, uh, again, one of my friends who I just share most of my life with, mm-hmm. had known about the book. And so she also encouraged me to say, hey, do a research on shapewear girdles and kind of find out what are some of the things that make it beneficial, what are some of the things that make it, you know, um, um, challenging to wear shipwear, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, so the more I did this whole research, the more I, you know, looked at, I think in the book I also talk about, you know, the, the Mayo Clinic and some of the aspects to talk about girdles, I think, you know, or friendships. Mm-hmm. The more I did research, the more I just found that this thing is keeps on unpacking. You know, it's like a like peeling of an onion. You know, it's layers and layers upon layers. And so, based on what a girdle would bring to a female's body, and then trying to find how that relates to our day-to-day friendships with females. Mm-hmm. I then tied in that whole relatable piece along with the girdle and how that works in friendships. So again, credit to the publisher who wanted me to to expand my idea and not just be single-minded, but, you know, broaden your thought process and say, hey, what, who can I bring into the conversation who can hopefully make it better? Now, that's, that's really interesting, I think, that you say that. Who can I bring in? to the conversation who can make it better i think that uh there's a belief out there that says someone who's creating something has to do it alone has Mm. to guard it has Uh to mull over it and what would you say about that you know the difference in those two that the belief and what you experienced i have heard that a lot kate and especially you know as someone being in ministry, so to say, the idea that it's your baby, protect it, run with it, don't let anyone be a part of it because down the road they're going to steal your thunder. I've heard it, mm-hmm. you know, but I have to be true to who I am as a person because I am one person who just wants to learn from others and mm-hmm. to grow from others and with others. So I, I don't subscribe to that off the bat. I, I'm, I realize that God has made us relational beings and no man is an island. We've heard that saying several times, but sometimes we live like islands, right? True. You know, so for, for me, I'm like, listen, 
there's an island, how many of us can get on it and how many of us can make it better? Even with things like, let's, let's just, let's, let's just make it better. Because at the end of the day, I benefit from you. I grow from you and vice versa, you know? So if I can be, uh, an encouragement, if I can be of influence and you can do the same for me, why am I holding on to, to ideas? You know, <laughs> why it's, it's meant to be shared, right? So let's, let's just do this and let's, let's make it happen. And you did that right from the beginning. I mean, you, you talked with Pastor Janine and she said, run with that. And, and so she was a part of it. And then you took it to social media. You got the responses that caused you to go deeper and caused you to look at it in a new way that added another dimension to what you were doing. And then you were willing to hear the input from somebody with more influence in the field um, with how to put a book together. And so you took advice from a friend and all along the way you saw people coming in and being a part of that. The whole book's about relationships. So the process of the book (laughs) is also about relationships. (laughs) What a beautiful, it would be strange if you wrote a book about relationships and said, I'm going (laughs) to lock myself in my room for three months and not be around anybody. Isn't that something? I mean, if tables were turned, Kay, and Pastor Janine didn't give me or maybe she did give me the thumbs up to run with it. And then the publisher gives me an idea and I, I bark at it and say, no, that's not going to work. Or Tina tells me, hey, think about this. And I'm like, no, that's not going to work. We would not be where we are today. But because I opened myself up to receive and knowing that this is the first time I'm doing this, I'm not expert at this. I need every help I can get. It's what makes good a girlfriends, I think, um, a good book, in my opinion. I know. I know. I wrote it. Have to be biased. <laughs> it is a good book. I'll. I'll. I'll be right there. Well, with thank you, Kay. I appreciate I that. It's a good book. Thank you. I think that's really going to help the the people listening. I, that's what I hope is that in every episode of this podcast that um, that you, the listener, get yes, something you can use um, from it. And I think that insight, uh, your your walk as a first-time author, right? Yeah. And the way that you uh, were teachable and relationable yeah. in it is, is a great example. I think we take the these projects and make them big, and they're big, and they are big, and they're difficult, and it's a process, but you don't have to go it alone. I do want to talk a little bit about the content of, of the book itself, because I think, you know, we said, well, what, okay. how, do, how do girls... <laughs> You know, what do they have to do with with relationships? But my particular chapter that stood out to me was the muffin top concealer. That just sounds cool anyway, right? I mean, so I think the muffin top is that little piece that kind of rolls over the the waist of your Mm -hmm. jeans or... (laughs) Yes. Right? So, So tell me a little bit about a muffin top concealer in friendships and shapewear. We all have, um, we all have issues in life, right? <laughs> no one is yes. perfect. No <laughs> one, if, if I find someone perfect, please, I, I, need, I need to connect with you. I may be perfect down the road too, you know. <laughs> but, but my thing is we all, we all have issues and you're hoping that you have friends who don't celebrate your issues in ways where it becomes destructive. What do I mean by that? Hmm. If I come to you, Kay, and I say, hey, Kay, I'm struggling with substance abuse, I'm hoping as a friend that you would 
conceal my struggles. It's between you and me, right? I'm, I'm, I'm confiding in right. you and saying, this is my struggle. You know, how can you help me? Mm-hmm. It becomes a problem when you now, Kay, go and tell five other people that my struggle is substance abuse. Right. At that point in time, you have not protected me. You have not become my uh, muffin top concealer. Instead, you have chosen to put me on blast. And I think that's where um, it, it, a friendship becomes problematic. I, I heard one of the pastors say, uh, Pastor Darius Daniels oh. from Chain Church, New Jersey, he said, if I trust you with something, it doesn't mean that I'm trusting you to tell people that you trust <laughs> about yes. my issues. It's between you and me, <laughs> and it needs to end there. And I don't think we've learned that art. I've been guilty, you know, of that too. So I'm not gonna, you know, talk here and say, oh, I never did that. I became more aware that that's not the way we do friendships. Because if I share something, I'm hoping you're gonna protect it. And so if I don't like the idea of it being done to me, why should I do it to others? So when we confide in each other. My, my heart, my prayer is that we keep it amongst ourselves and don't use prayer to go tell someone else's prayer about it. <laughs> yes. Please don't. And I think the intention, the intention is probably good there, but the effect is not, not so healthy. Exactly. It's, it's almost, you know, what's, what, what is the motive behind it? You know, we can mm-hmm. justify reasons why, but at the end of the day, it goes back to if I've shared something with you in confidence, please keep it that way. Mm-hmm. And um, if you cannot, then this friendship may be <laughs> may not be a good fit. You may not be the right. girdle that I need, you know. So I may need to put a pause on that friendship and reconsider, you know, what next steps I need to do, and that's protecting myself from you as a friend. Right. Yeah. And that's good advice for people on either side of that friendship. Exactly, exactly. Now, one thing that really stood out to me was one of your storytellers said that meaningful friendships were sacred. Mm. And so I want to ask you about that. What makes, what's your definition of a meaningful friendship and what makes it sacred? I think meaningful friendship is a friendship that um, has similar core values. If Again, going back, piggybacking a little bit on the muffin top concealer. If my core value is not to gossip, and if I find another friend or I've discovered a friend who shares that value with me, that is a meaningful friendship because then we can relate on a level that we both understand that this, these are our boundaries. We won't go, we, we won't break these boundaries between the two of us. Or not only between the two of us, just in general, because we just don't believe that gossip is a good thing to do. What makes it sacred is because we live by that quote unquote law. You know, I don't want to call it like a law because it sounds very legalistic, but we live by, by those values. We are shaped by those values. You know, that's what makes friendship sacred. That's what, if I can even maybe use an, uh, an example of marriage, that's what makes marriage sacred. If you stay within your vows, once you violate those things, then it, it, it ceases to be sacred. 
And so it is with meaningful friendships. Granted, we're not going to think the same at all times, but if we both understand what our boundaries are and we respect each other's boundaries, that in itself is meaningful and in turn, it becomes sacred. The minute I begin to undermine your boundaries and your core values and what you stand for, at that point in time, that friendship ceases to be meaningful and the sacred part of it becomes irrelevant. Mm. That's my that's my take on that statement. That's good. That's yeah. that's really good. And I think, you know, just listening to that, there's a lot of pain when those those lines are crossed, those yes. boundaries are, are uh, violated. And, you know, sacred is never surface. Yeah. Uh, it cuts deep. And yep. so when it is respected, um, it elevates exactly. everything it touches. And when it is violated, it, it pulls everything down. And I think, yeah. um, I think sometimes we, we take our friendships very lightly. And so um, that was beautiful. I- and that's the thing, Kay, familiarity. You know, I'm so familiar with you that I take it for granted. And then we just, again, don't protect, uh, we don't protect each other in those, in those friendships, you know. So it's just critical to understand not to be too, I mean, we can be familiar, but don't be too familiar to the point where mm-hmm. we take each other for granted. Right, right. Absolutely not. That's so true. Can you take us out with one final thought? I love the, the first question you asked me, and how did this go to girlfriend title or book come about? You know, and I think sometimes, Kay, we complicate the process of calling, I think, or purpose. Sometimes it's just found in the most mundane day-to-day living. And as, as easy as it was for me to hear my pastor speak and that idea be birthed, I have maybe two or three other books in me of saying someone said, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to run with that. You know, yes. and I've began writing on two already. I won't, I won't tell you what until it's, it's done. You okay. Know, but... <laughs> <laughs> Good. I'll, I'll we'll be happy know, to hear about it. But, but my point being, it's just in the day to day, every day living that God speaks, that you're able to connect the purpose. You know, so sometimes don't overthink it. It's, it's just in the, the most simplest way that you can discover what it is that you, that at least you can, you can connect to and you're called to do. So mm-hmm. run with it. Don't overthink it. And before you know it, you could be an author. You could be an engineer. You could be a doctor. You know, you could be a nurse. Who knows? But just, just realize that sometimes it's in the simple things of life that you can really hear what God is calling you to do and to become. And that is some truth right there. Tawara Loper, author, Girdle Girlfriends, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me on, Kay. I greatly appreciate you giving me this opportunity to to share my heart and just to share a little bit about my life. I really, really appreciate that. So thank you so much. Thank you. This has been the Your Voice podcast. Find your voice. Tell your story. Change the world. Until next time, this is Kay Helm.
Hi, it's Kay here. There's one big truth about fundraising that people do not tell you when you start out. And that is, if you struggle to tell stories, you will struggle to raise funds. But what kinds of stories do you tell? How do you tell them? Where do you find them? How do you put them together? And how do you do all that while you're running your ministry, while you're doing all the work and all the things that you have to do? It does not have to be overwhelming. This is my good news. And also, I want you to hear this. Fundraising is not just about asking for money. Raising funds for your mission does not have to feel icky. Fundraising is really about relationships. It's about sharing stories with friends. And it's about being very clear about what it takes to accomplish great things together. I created the Mission Writers course to help you tell better stories, to know what stories to tell, when to tell them, how to tell them, where to find your stories. So go over to missionwriters.org. That's missionwriters, like you're writing. Missionwriters.org has all the details on the course and on the group coaching program. So you have two options. And if you love a missionary or a nonprofit leader who needs this course, gift certificates are available. So check it out at missionwriters.org and let's make 2024 your best year ever.